everybody. Welcome to the 70th episode of Kiwi and the Bird. I'm Kami. I'm Taylor. And in today's episode, we are giving a non-spoiler review about the sexy and thrilling Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book reviews work. We'll give you a little synopsis about the book, chat about the characters, and give our thoughts on the setting and writing style. And of course, we'll start our favorite things about Fourth Wing and we'll end the episode with the rating of the book. Now, if you like this episode or the show or what we do, we would absolutely love to have your support. Donating to Kiwi and the Bird helps us so much. It keeps the show running, aids with giveaways and other fun activities, and enables us to grow. If you're interested, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below or visit us on Venmo, where our username is also at Kiwi and the Bird. And now, on to the show. Fourth Wing is a new adult fantasy told through the eyes of protagonist Violet Sorengale. This book has kisses and explicit sex scenes, and Kami is now going to give you the synopsis. Yes, I will. Ride or die. That's the model of Basgath War College, where impending war has forced dragons and humans into an alliance for hundreds of years. Violet Sorengale has been coerced to pledge allegiance to the most deadly quadrant, the Rider's Quadrant, by her own mother, a highly esteemed general. Violet is determined to survive, even though everyone else claims the odds are against her. Even worse, she is now in close proximity to Zayden Ryerson, the son of a traitor who has his eyes on revenge. With heart-pounding obstacles, breathtaking dragons, and multiple threats lurking around every corner, Violet must decide who she can trust, and if that trust is worth her life and heart. If you're wondering how can we work heart into every ending line of our synopsis, it's honestly a talent. It's like, it comes like really effortlessly every time though. I'm really proud of us. The protagonist in Fourth Wing is Violet Sorengale. As the youngest Sorengale child trying to live up to the expectations of her family legacy, Violet is used to being underestimated and treated like a breakable thing due to her condition, especially by her callous mother. And though Violet never intended to join the writer's quadrant, but rather live out her days with the scribes, she will have to use her intelligence and cunning to ensure her survival, even though it's her heart that's the most in danger. There we go again. <gasps> How do we do it? Two for two. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about Miss Violet Sorengale? I saw a lot of potential for her character. I really liked the idea because she's this woman who's grown up in a military family and has very high expectations of her. And, you know, it's kind of, like, a really hard thing to be placed in, particularly with Violet, since she does have a condition. It, it, it just makes her, her body weaker, right? And with that, I think that's a very interesting idea, particularly with the setting of a military family and with just, like, the brutality of the writer's quadrant. However, I do think Violet's character was diminished by her libido, I was not expecting libido. (laughs) In that, I find it strange with these spicy fantasies because it feels like more than half of the protagonist's personality is just being horny for the male lead. And that is absolutely the case. Like, you lose so much of Violet's character to her just being like, oh, but Zayden's hair, oh my goodness, but look at those abs and the muscles I didn't think existed. That whole thing, like, fine. I, I, I respect that. Like, I've seen a man and been like, yes. We've seen Henry Cavill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
But I really wish that the author had really, like, set into her character before all the lust set in. Yeah, I... One of the things I appreciated most about Violet was her mindset. Was the fact that, like you said, she does have all of these expectations of others against her. Virtually, kind of, unfortunately, no one believes in her. They do think her brittle. They do think her as the weakling. But I like how, even though... Maybe even like a part of Violet kind of acknowledges that she's going to power through it and she's kind of going to forge her own expectations of herself. And I like that she kind of have had the mindset of I'm the only person I need to make proud. And I appreciate, too, that with the setting um, where it seems like strength prevails over everything else. I did like that Violet showed that strength isn't always the answer that you can get to the same destination by being smart, by being cunning, that you can even cut corners and maybe even get there in a smarter, shorter way if you just think outside the box. I like out-of-the-box thinkers. Um, But I will agree, (laughs) she would sometimes lose focus uh, because of a particular person who we may or may not discuss in this very episode. (laughs) And the thing is, attraction is a thing, of course. It is. It's human. It's human. Yeah. But I just, I felt Violet was a little bit stronger of a character when she was the most focused. So I felt like she could have kept that focus, but still acknowledge her attraction and things like that without it feeling like um, she was slipping away almost. Mm -hmm. So I wish that the lust kind of worked more in conjunction with her personality and what she wanted to achieve. In Fourth Wing, we also meet Zayden Ryerson. Zayden is ruthless, blunt, and powerful. With the power of shadows and a history of secrets, Zayden is a dangerous enemy, but an even more lethal ally. Haunted by the sins of his father, Zayden bears a heavy responsibility to his fellow marked ones. But beneath all the armor, Zayden has a weakness. His heart. Three for three! (laughs) Three for three! But what what were your thoughts around our, our male lead, Zayden? Zayden. Well, I will first say, we actually did mention this before we started recording, but I felt it was important enough to know in the actual episode. Yes. Zayden Ryerson is a very hot name. I can't deny that. Like, the two R's in Ryerson, the X as the first letter of the first name, it works. (laughs) It works. What I liked about Zayden was that he had the element of mystery to him where he's kind of this ruthless, badass wing leader, and you kind of think you know where his allegiance lies, and you almost kind of think you know how his character will play out. But then he does have, you know, kind of like saucy lines, or he says something unexpected that still gets to you, that still makes you blush, where he has like the bad boy essence to him. But it feels, I think, because of the setting, because of his position, and because of certain things that happen in the story, I feel like it feels a little bit more rounded out. It feels more like a bad boy character particular to this story. So rather than just it being the archetype, it fits the setting and it fits him. But what about you? For me, Zayden Ryerson is exactly what I would expect. But the thing with Zayden is that he does have the potential to break out of that if the author were to go more into his character. But like you said, like he had like a few lines where I was like, Okay, that's pretty good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he does, like, kind of make you blush and everything, but, like, he 
he just didn't deviate enough from like what the standard already is that I couldn't really get into his character. Now we are going to move on to setting. Mm -hmm. Fourth Wing takes place majorly in Basquiat College, an academy designed only to output the most merciless warriors. Its hallways and classrooms act as a brutal recounting of the blood-soaked histories of Navarre and the ongoing war transpiring outside their wards. With its strict nature and onslaught of rules, where one might think they know what's right, everything will be turned upside down. Dun, dun, dun. So what did you think about the setting, Basquiat College? Overall, I really liked the foundation of our setting and the world, but I do wish the author would have let the world speak for itself. And I, and like, but overall, like, I really like the idea of like this war college with like all of its different quadrants, your different people, like even within the writer's quadrant, like you have your different sections, you have like all the rules and all like the culture around it. And that's really, really fun to learn about. And I actually did enjoy that part, but I don't think that we got enough for a fantasy setting. And also because of a thing that I think only we talk about. In that the I language. know what it is! I know <laughs> what it is! There was too much modern language for me to, like, fully appreciate that this was a fantasy setting. It's like, it's fine if you want to use words that we already know to kind of, like, ground your, your setting, but you can't use it all in the same kind of context that we know about or else it just takes us back to our world. Right, and so I think that was also just one of my biggest things. It's that, and that's more of a writing style, but that's also that's a big reason why I couldn't really get into the setting. Yeah, overall, I really liked the setting. I feel like I really got the academic, brutal, war torn sense of this college, having been established for a long time. It's under a strict regime. There's a lot of rules. There's also a lot of killings too. Like it really is survival of the fittest, and I felt like I felt the danger. I felt the constant lurking of, oh, I could kind of die at any moment, except when I sleep, (laughs) which that's actually kind of nice that they put that rule in. (laughs) And yeah, in terms of uh, the modern language, I always feel bad because I feel like it's a super nitpicky thing, but it is something that does take me out of the story. So that's why I do mention it. For me, it's stuff like badass. Mm. or um, like super modern phrases kind of like that. Like, let's go kick ass, badass. Oh, he's so hot. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. That's just super yep. modern in this world to me. It does kind of make it hard for me to connect with the time period of the story. Now let's move on to our next topic, the author's writing style. What did you think about our author, Rebecca Yaros? I will say, because Fourth Wing is a bigger book. Mm-hmm. I told Kimmy earlier, I didn't realize how many words were on the page until I opened the book and I saw how many words were on the page. And I was like, oh, this is hefty. This is heftier than I thought. <laughs> but I feel like Rebecca Yaros did a really good job of keeping the plot moving forward and keeping it fast-paced and um, action-centered. So I was like... I love action, too, personally. So I was like, yeah, get the heart pounding. Get the thriller-inspiring scene. So I felt like that helped. Um, it, the book didn't feel as big as it did, even though it was quite large. <laughs> it is a big book. For me, I kind of felt like Rebecca Yaros didn't trust the readers. 
because we either got not enough information about certain things or we got too many things where like we were um it kept being said and i think what she did do a good job with is the whole idea i have of showing not telling i didn't really have an issue with that at all in this book now if you like dragons college the dragon episode of rick and morty that made me really uncomfortable I've never seen it, so that's the most mysterious point <laughs> on this list. I might have to show it to you and be uncomfortable, just so you understand. Love Triangles, A Court of Thrones and Roses, from Blood and Ash, Zodiac Academy, or Crave. Yeah, they're, actually, they're, they're all pretty accurate, though. I feel like, yeah, that's pretty much this book. That's the audience. That's the audience. The audience, one could say. Yeah. Yeah. Dark-haired love interests. Betrayal. Toxic mother relationships. Military families. Tattoos. Magic. Baby dragons. Poison. Knives slash knife throwing. Scribes. Forbidden romance slash enemies to lovers. Secret meetings. And I think this is going to surprise people. Yeah. America Ninja Warrior. It Okay, it might not make sense to you right now if you haven't read the book. But go watch an episode and then read this book and tell me that there's not those vibes. Okay? You know, I and you know, to Kami's credit, I was shocked at first, but then it really does come through. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I really do think so. <laughs> now, Taylor, based on our unique rating scale of one to seven, one being literal trash and seven being fangirl mania, what would you rate Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros? Going into this book, I was actually a little nervous because I feel like with books that are super hyped up or books that are super popular, it's kind of hard to not go into the book with a super critical eye or with like super high expectations that no book could fulfill and certain things like that. So I was a little nervous because I really wanted to give it a fair shot. I really didn't want any preconceived notions I might have had from seeing spoilers or anything to kind of affect my reading. And so my hope is that this rating is kind of as balanced as possible. With that, I thought Violet upheld the story well. I felt like she was a super identifiable character. I did like that she was brave. She was intelligent. She was strong. Her libido was also strong. (laughs) So strong. (laughs) And I think Zayden had that mystery and I think the world is interesting, and I think I would be curious as to where things will go in the sequel, Iron Flame. So because of that, I am going to give this book a 5.32216. Oh, that's so specific. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. If you asked me to recite that number that I just said about seven seconds ago, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) So what about you? I was interested in Violet's character, even though I do feel like it was diminished by the priority of the book. I was interested in her and her family dynamics. I was interested in, I was interested in the world, and I do wish that the author would expand a bit more on that. And because of the last 100 pages of this, where I actually got to see a lot more of the world and a lot more of the characters... I would give this book a five. I see the potential in the characters and in the world. So if the author does that in the sequel, 
I'm kind of banking on that. Oh, so this is like an investment rating. It is a bit. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Kiwi and the Bird for a book recommendation episode about Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. Once more, if you'd like to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. We hope you liked today's recommendation. Join us for our upcoming book discussion episode where we go into spoilers and details about Fourth Wing. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi the Bird, shh happens. If you made it this far, get ready for some bloopers. That sounds so congested. No, you sound so hot. <laughs> I'm like, so Zayden? Is that you? <laughs> and though Violet never intended to join the Widas. <laughs> now she likes to be called. I'll get into that later. Um. <laughs> How dare you call me a girl? <laughs> Even though I'm 20. <laughs> Fourth Wing takes place majorly in Basquiat. Co- <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew Just it. Just say it, Tay. Just say Basquiat? Basquiat. Basquiat? Basquiat. Oh, Basquiat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Its hallways and classrooms act as a brutal recounting of the blood-soaked histories of Navarre and the ongoing war transpiring outside their wards. Wow, I, th- I chose, like, the worst words ever <laughs> to put in that sentence. <laughs> Or then, like, most of the time, I think fantasy writers get away with, like, the months because they say, oh, we've entered the winter season or, like, the winter months or stuff like that. So you kind of fill it in in your head. Uh But I was like, October? We got to get ready for Halloween. I was like, your birthday's not in March. Shut up. (laughs) I'm also like, nice job, Aquarius. (laughs) (laughs) From Papyrus. Parapet. Parapet, I think is what it is. Oh, wow. I was really wrong. (laughs) (laughs) From parapet to parapet to parapet. (laughs) I would die in the college just because I couldn't say parapet. I don't think they could. I think (laughs) not crossing it is the biggest issue. (laughs) I land there like, say say it. Say the (laughs) word P-A-R-A-P-E-T. And I'd be like, parapet. And they're like, you're you're gone. <laughs> they just push you off. <laughs> <They> just... <laughs> Initiation. <laughs> All right, we ready for the raid team? Absolutely not. <laughs> that no book could could. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what helps me is to think of what the like the titles are for each rating. Oh yeah, yeah. So this book did stay on my mind when I wasn't reading it. I ate a bagel in between my readings of I this book. I ate cheese bread. <gasps> oh, bread. <laughs> Soulmates. <laughs>